Hey everybody, welcome back to Breach Burnt, the Midwest Malfo podcast. We got kind of a variety of Gen Con related topics today, so uh, let's get right into it. We've got a couple guests with us that aren't usually on the podcast, so let's have them introduce themselves a little bit. Uh, Cole. I am Cole. Uh, I'm out of Toledo. Been playing Malifo for six or seven years. Uh, Mostly play Arcanists, Explorers every once in a while. Very nice. Uh, Tim. I'm Tim out of Indianapolis. I've been playing for about two years now. Primarily Outcast and dabble in Ten Thunders with it. Okay, cool. And then there's Trisha as well. I'm Trisha. I'm also from Toledo. I've been playing for a little more than four years and exclusively never born until the Ma Box comes out. Yes. The good side. All right. Well, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Let's get right into talking about stuff. So some of you worked in the weird booth at Gen Con. Uh, So let's hear some stories. Uh, How did it go? Any highlights from that? Overall, it was a good time. Uh, Gen Con's definitely kind of come back from post-pandemic numbers a little bit. Last year was not a ghost town, but compared to how it used to be, it was. It was nice to see the vendor hall full this year and, you know, crowds of people that you have to wade through. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, working the booths is definitely just what we go for is to do Malifaux, so we work the booth and play in the tournament usually. It's usually one of my favorite things that we do at Gen Con. Nice. So what all do you do in the booth? So typically, I usually do the more like customer support roles. Um, I like to try to make new Neverborn players, because that's what we as a community need, is all the Neverborn. Yes, um, there's not enough. <laughs> so I, I typically just do that, just kind of your standard customer service, do a couple demos. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually more running demos. Most of my volunteering this year was running Vagrant Song, pitching that to people, since Gen Con's a little bit more board game-oriented than War Games. Weird was pushing that pretty hard. Vagrant Song's so fun. It's a great it game. and It looks great. I think Weird sold out of it completely by Friday, so other yeah. people thought so too. Yeah. Friday morning, <laughs> the stack was as tall as I am, and Friday evening, we were sold out. Yeah, it was wow. it was a good like five and a half ish feet yeah. tall like spiral tower of boxes that was gone very quickly. How about the fact that it was really fun to do just the countdown yeah. of how many boxes we have left? How about the fact they just had boxes <laughs> this year instead of just ten per day like last year? Yeah, that was nice, actually be able to sell the game that we're demoing. I got really lucky last year, because, I mean, last year was my first Gen Con. I was right through the doors. I picked up maybe the last box on the first day, and heard nothing but complaining from people for the rest of the con about not being able to get it. Yeah, stiff competition. But, you know, working the booth, you always get people... It's nice to talk to people who are already into the game, but you end up running into them everywhere. Um, it's also mm-hmm. cool to talk to people who are interested or getting into it. They always ask for, you know, what should my first master be? And the response is basically, how long do you have? Can we sit here for two hours <laughs> and talk about them? Like, you just got to go real cool, pick something out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was one guy we 
three of us over the course of maybe an hour and a half talked to him about just all the different masters and what he wanted to pick. Wow. I think he went home with Karis, so, you know, fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. All reliable. So would you say there was a most, for the new people, a most popular master or faction? I feel like people are definitely drawn towards, like, Neverborn or just, like, the more monstery looking models. Um, and when I'm working, I always go, this is what I know how to talk about, because this is what I play. And so I talk a lot about Neverborn. Uh, yeah, um, people really dig Neverborn, because you've got some of the kind of iconic weird stuff from it, like Dreamer and Nekama and all that. Um, Explorers gets a lot of attention, too, just because Jedza's got such a good box. The Malasaurus Rex exists. <laughs> Pretty good I mean, spread, but Neverborn is definitely eye-catching. And it's the most fair and balanced faction in the game. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's that as well. Proven That's why the new players are getting into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, well, were there any like common questions you had from people? I guess from new people or just people hanging out. Like I said, you know, what should my first master be or what's good is always a question. But okay. Yeah. And shortly it, after that is just how balanced the masters are. Which, like, if you're new, they're all pretty much going to be equal. Yeah, equal enough. Yeah. At, at that point, <laughs> player skill matters way more than model balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a lot a lot of the questions were around Vagrant Song and Bayou Bash, just because Gen Con is a board game convention more than a tabletop. Yeah. Working the booth at Adepticon, for example, is a totally different experience. Oh, yeah, I bet. That's interesting. Very cool. Well, I guess we can get into the tyrant tournament so four people on here we're in there zach trisha cole and tim so let's just kind of go around start talking about some games we had we played what you brought in the scores so zach start us off yeah sure um so overall i got fifth i had two wins and a loss my loss happened in the first round, unfortunately. Um, I played against Andre Demings from uh, Texas. He uh, he played uh, Maxine One, and I played good old Von Stuck into uh, Cursed Objects. And it was an inc- incredibly tight game overall. Um, admittedly, not being much of a morning person, I don't remember a whole bunch of the game, <laughs> except for the ending of it in particular because that's where I dropped the ball. Um, so we went into the last round of the, of, the, of the game with me ahead by a point. And um, let's just say I forgot that you can toss curses. <laughs> I feel like so, a lot of uh, forget that. Yeah, I, well, the thing is, like, the first time I ever played the, the, the strategy, I over-tossed the curses. I did it way too much. And in this case, I forgot about it altogether. <laughs> so... Um, Going into that last round, like, before, like, at the end of the previous round, um, he had his, um, emissary all up in my, up, all up in my business. I had it beaten down pretty hard, um, so I was setting it up to get, uh, in your face off of it. And so I ran up with my Necropunk just to kind of get a few little, little punches in. If I had just 
remembered to toss its curse onto it um, when the next round came around and I won initiative and killed it early on. Um, I would have scored two points off of that, at which point I would have had a nice, a nice like three-point lead, and I would have been perfectly okay with running Val off into the distance just to run away. Um, but instead, I forgot to do that, killed it, got one point, and then I ran Val in to try and get Maxine down to half health to try and get um, the second half of Set the Trap. And needless to say, he he picked masks for her reconfigure, and I flipped a whole bunch of masks, so they all turned into ones, and I had a high mask in my hand, so I couldn't cheat anything. And uh, my dumbass wasn't paying attention that he had a, a scheme marker there, so I just walked her up and gave him the first part to set the trap. So he he ended up getting like in your face one strat point, and then that like it was a big swing when he killed Anna. And that swung him up by one point and got me. So, whoops. Yeah, I happen to know that Maxine One is kind of his, uh, I don't know, probably the crew he's played the most since Nikima, so. <laughs> well, I mean, he he's done quite a bit of, of things, but yeah, Maxine One seems to be his, his new squeeze, and admittedly I hadn't paid much attention to it. Um, he, made, he ran Maxine with the totem, he ran... The uh, the emissary Kia one machinist with with with, uh, with flush with cash and Nagatoro Mister Nagatoro and the um, tide caller and honestly if I had known more about the crew beforehand I would have known to like yoink the line out of the way and then go in on the machinist and kill it because I did a bunch of damage early on I was flipping very well on damage. But that stupid thing just kept walking up and healing healing everything for four, and that damned aura was turning off my auras, and you know how you know how I love abusing Anna's auras, so it just uh it didn't despite it being incredibly close, there were certain things there that were specifically countering some of my stuff that if I'd known better I would have Yeah. It happens, especially in a big tournament. You'll see something you've yeah, Andre's no joke, and you had a tough first-round matchup. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> Stuck did you play? Uh, I've played Von Stuck 2 okay. the entire tournament. Okay. I uh, personally prefer his play style over the, the first version. Um, I find Von Stuck 1 to be particularly boring in comparison. Right. Stargazer's got some cool tricks. Yeah, he's fun. I, I enjoy him. I, I, I like all the tricks you get with him and the versatility you get. And as, as we go on with the rounds, you'll hear about how that worked out a lot better for me in the other games. Okay, well, yeah, let's just keep going with round ones, I guess. Uh, Trisha, you're next. Yeah, so round one, I played Tutania into uh, Ma 1, and I won 5-4. to four. Um, I took nice. Load 'em Up and set the trap because Load 'em Up with Titania's free points it feels like um, mm-hmm. and then set the trap because I'd never really played against Ma and I figured I could go interact that's not especially with Tutania having the action that lets you just drop a scheme marker by whatever minion you're or whatever model you're putting focus on um, mm-hmm. so I didn't think that'd be too difficult going into it hindsight being what it is is I should have taken assassinate because mm. I could have easily <laughs> done it um I 
did forgot to mention, but I played against Bill. Uh, what is his last name? Uh, Bill Henders. Um, round one. Um, but overall, there wasn't that game too much really, like exceptionally like good or bad. It was just a really pleasant game overall. Um, and I think um, the game ended the the um, way it did mostly because I wasn't a we neither of us were really able to get the strategy because we were so slowed down by all of the terrain on the board. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I got two points for the strategy and he only got one over the course of four rounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Titania's in that weird spot where a lot of her crew wants to be interacting with underbrush markers, but is not able to interact with severe terrain. <laughs> well, so. and it wasn't even really severe terrain. It was just a lot of little terrain. So, mm, like, okay. I had to, like, spend actions climbing over terrain or going around terrain in a way I didn't want to go. Were you on one mm-hmm. of the casino boards? I was. Yeah, those were... <laughs> I, I really like those boards. They're fun, but they are terrain-dense, especially yeah, like, when you've got underbrush and pit traps on the board. Oh, yeah. No, Jeez, neither yeah. of us could pass the center line. There were just it was all terrain and markers the entire center <laughs> line. But would you rather have the so, open table wow. at Adepticon or some with t- some terrain in there? I'd rather have like a nice middle. <laughs> yeah, that seems reasonable. So I can't help but feel like if you play against Titania in a pool that has load 'em up, that you just by default need to scour your faction for some marker removal to try and eat a few of those early on, otherwise you're just giving yeah, away yeah. points. Yeah, because it's so. trivial. Well, and with um, abundant growth, you can put them in your opponent's deployment zone, so you can make them double back to deal with that. Or you just say, you know what, you're getting that one point, I'm going to get the other eight. I, at a certain <laughs> point, I'm not sure it's worth... If you don't have the tools for it, I don't think it's worth changing half your crew to tech into one scheme. It could be safer to try and block the second point. Just give up the first. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Which in that game, he actually gave me my second point for it because Titania was in the spot to get the second um, point of it. But, um, and or no, he gave me the second point of set the trap because he had assassinate and couldn't get her below half until the last round and then Ma charged in and gave me the second point for set the trap. <laughs> Did he take nice. the emissary and try to remove markers, or... Ah. No. Yeah, that's probably the way he he could have gone there to, to help with that, but maybe yeah. he didn't yeah. pack it, or right. doesn't own it, or something. Yeah, I definitely has good options, but... Yeah, for, for marker removal specifically, they're, they're one of the better ones. If you don't know that, you should listen to our previous episode on that. <laughs> yep, shameless plug. <laughs> uh, cool. How did you do? So, I ended up taking 6th overall for the day. I submarined pretty hard after round 1. Um, I decided to buy the new witness keyword on Thursday, build it in the hotel room, and then solo it for the tournament. Which was wow. Oh, so you were that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, on another podcast, they said that the witness keyword has a low skill floor. So, how do, how do you feel about that? It has a low skill floor? That's what's been claimed. I don't know if I agree with that. I think there's a (laughs) lot of power to the crew, but there's so many moving parts, and a lot of those parts are kind of squishy. So, I don't don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, like, when I hear low skill floor, I I definitely assume that means pick up and play, and you're going to get a lot out of it. 
but I feel like Witness has way too much going on to just pull them out, drop them on the box, and dry read them and play them well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, in my opinion, mental overhead to managing your configuration and just remembering to do it when the game starts getting hairy. Um, but so I've... So I played against Doug Bowman, who's one of my favorite people to run into oh, yeah. at, He's awesome. at conventions. First time ever playing against him, despite hanging out with him a couple times a year, every year. Um, he played Titania 2 as well, so similar to Trisha's nice. game. We weren't I'm on sorry, quite... I think you mean Titania? Yeah, Titania, sorry. <laughs> Titania. Um, <laughs> and it was actually the same score. Titania won 5-4 to four in both of those games. Wow, nice. Um, the the big turning points in my opinion for that game were when Titania stunned Damien on the last turn, which shut down. Um, I had put tomes in the configuration to build in draw out secrets, so all I really had to do was shoot my own model to drop some ski markers, and that was like a two point swing for me, getting load them up with ski markers and set the trap. But a stunned Damien is a very sad Damien, and Arcanists don't have any condition removal worth mentioning. So that that went that way. And then he had just an insane activation with the Rex, eating a full health Bella... Uh, I can't remember her last name. Whatever her name Bella, is. Bella Ventine Thorpe? Yeah, Bella Ventine Thorpe. Yeah, she was at 9 health with 2 shielded, and the Rex just came up and demolished her. Like, neither of us thought that was going to happen. He On the, the Play Weird painting stream yesterday, he's like, I wasn't trying to kill her, I was just trying to be a body in between her and Damien. But he just absolutely destroyed her getting another cursed object point, which took it from a tie to a win for him. But overall, I mean, it was a great game. I got first real game with Damien in against an opponent that I've been wanting to play for a long time, so would have rather won the game, but can't really be too mad about it. Which uh, which version of Damien did you play? So I played Aspirant this round. I did switch back and forth as the day went on. Okay. Yeah, I've been having those kind of Rex games recently. When I first started taking him, he's such a big uh, target that he just died immediately. Yeah, so he he uh, was really smart with the Rex. And again, on on the painting stream yesterday, he was giving a little Rex seminar. You don't run the Rex into your opponent's big beater because it's just going to crumple. It doesn't have the toolkit to deal with that. What you do is you run it after little shitbag minions and just chomp them. The Rex in that game killed... A dabbler, Mia, and Bella in three turns, because he just <laughs> chewed through models that didn't have defenses to deal with the terrifying and just being min three with potentially three attacks. Yeah, the best I've done with him is uh, basically using him kind of like I do with Chompy Bits, where I'm just tying up a bunch of stuff and not even really caring if he hits. Yeah, uh, and then when he does, he actually does a surprising amount of damage especially with the rampage he can really oh, get yeah. in there <laughs> yeah he just instead of running it down the middle like most people do ran it hard to the flank around some terrain so only one model at a time could really do anything to it and it worked out all right yeah that's what he wants <laughs> uh and tim uh i got 10 at the tournament went two and one round one i played philip travis uh, he was running Arcanist, Hoffman 2, I ran Outcast, and I ran Terra 2. So I was playing the bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one, six to four on that one. 
I did black joker my rewind on turn one. Whoops. Wow. Love so to see it. <laughs> instead of moving up, Terra just moved. Yeah, Terra just moved get. back to my deployment zone. I was like, I'll just wait till next turn. Don't worry. And then I just backtracked the Black Joker out for four <laughs> turns, so I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but every turn, Baryon Poffman's crew is not known for their super high willpower, so unburying was kind of a pain for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like Hoffman's worst nightmare. You're not on the board to get the power tokens. To give you the flips to hit the yeah. willpower duels, it's a bad time. Heinz, I've still yet to ever play against Hoffman. Really, oh, I can fix man, that for I've you. played against Hoffman too <laughs> enough. I'm tired of him. I actually, I played. Uh, Philip came up to one of our indie tournaments, and I played him round one. Then he ran Hoffman two into Zip, I think. So I played him before. I will say, Phil's yeah, a good dude, though. Goal for the day was to not play Trisha. <laughs> this was the first tournament we've both been at that Tim hasn't been running that we haven't played each other. Alright, that's something. But other than that, uh, it was a good game. He got Hoffman in the center, just starts flinging out Irreducible. I just had to bury and bury, pick something else to bury, bury it. Um, got my last curse token by him activating the Peacekeeper and then me burying it for the end of the round five. So... Yeah, died buried. So yeah, I removed that curse token. I never thought about that. That's uh, kind of bullshit, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's buried at the end, I, it dies. I did take, um, yeah, we took the same schemes. I took in, we both took in your face and secret meetup. I got both for secret meetup, but none for in your face. Interesting. Wow. Now yeah. what I would have guessed. Yeah, I would have guessed the exact yeah, no, opposite. I, I did get all mm-hmm. four strats, but. And then he ended up getting one of one and two strat points, I think. So it was a good game, though. Now, did you get all your strat points by killing models when they were buried, or did you actually kill some that were on the board? Uh, let's see. Hunter was buried. The uh, the totem was on the board. I killed it. <laughs> That's not super hard to do. Well, I took a Ronin, so it ignored <laughs> armor. <laughs> Yucky. Uh, yeah, no. I think just two were buried. And two were on the board, so not all bullshit. Like just fifty percent. So we've all forgotten that the tournament was banned and didn't mention. Oh, what we oh yeah. Uh, kind of what did I ban? <laughs> I banned uh, December, so no silent ones. Okay, Trisha. Um, I for round one we forgot to ban anything, and then round two I played Andre and banned Jedza. Okay. But I forget. I think he banned Frycore or Bandit. Either Frycore or Bandit. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah, they, I they got say a it was lot probably of Bandit because I was like, oh, I need to bring a Draken Trooper so I can remove his pylons and then forgot. <laughs> but. I, uh, I banned Seeker um, and Andre banned Ancestor Retainer. Oh, okay. I don't remember what I banned. I'm sure it didn't matter. Because I, I know how Doug plays Titania. I knew he was going to be all in keyword. Unless he brought some second master bullshit. Bangles. Which was no second masters for this tournament. So I I don't know that we even banned anything. Sure, sure. So, James is out for the night. So I guess we can move on to uh, round two. So... 
round two, I played against a gentleman by the name of Bill Henders. Oh. Um, Patricia played round one. I, I was going to say, I think we just swapped opponents rounds one and two. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so, Bill is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, turns out there's a whole ass shadow meta in Grand Rapids that, that James and Bob just had no clue about. Um, <laughs> it seems like it's it's Bill and his, his son, so... I played against him. He played Zip into me. Once again, I played uh, Transmortis. Um, we decided not to ban anything because he seems like he was relatively new, all things considered. At least that's the way he portrayed things to me. So um, we basically didn't ban anything because it would have been a lot to explain. Um, but going into that game, um, he played a pretty pretty interesting list because... I don't have a bunch of experience against Zip personally, um, so all I really knew about Zip in particular was kill the totem and kill the first mate. So that was my initial goals um, starting out. Um, I did my traditional setup, but he moved Maris up a decent bit, so I just kind of launched the Viscera into it and murdered it round one. Um, but honestly, round one, I, I killed three of his models. It was I killed the totem, Maris, and one of his piglets because he brought two of the flying pigs um, and kind of beat up on the first mate. Turn two, the, the first mate died. And from that point forward, honestly, it, things kind of just started falling apart for him. Um, he ran Mancha up the center, and that thing just kind of got blasted by zombie bombs and was given poison until it died. Well, and round two was guard the stash, so losing yes. that many models early is devastating. Yeah, it 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 went really really badly for him. Um, because honestly, like like typically speaking, turn one, when when I do everything correctly, I should be set up to pounce. But also, most of my big models will have focus two. Um, usually focus two and shielded two, and so they're ready to to go in and take a licking. Um. Honestly, like that, like my my deck was incredibly hot that game. Um, I flipped really well all tournament, but I think I flipped weak damage like three or four times that whole game. So I was constantly hitting them for four or five damage. So it was. I I, I don't want to say that like luck made it unfair, but I it was it was kind of a there wasn't much he could really do about it because it seemed like he kept drawing incredibly bad hands because he wasn't cheating much of anything that entire game. With that said, though, he was incredibly pleasant. Um, a great opponent all around. Um, I, lo I love getting some games against Bayou, especially the Masters I don't see very often. And for him, he told me that he thought it was an incredibly good learning experience because he's only heard about Von Stuck, so he'd never actually seen it. Um... He, he expressed his dismay over me drawing cards every time we match suits. Yeah. Um, which I told him is ex it's incredibly like hit or miss. I feel like sometimes it happens all the time, and other times it just doesn't. Um, part of that is my opponent's ability to like catch it and read it, um, and other times it's a lot of luck. Like, it didn't happen very much against Andre in that first game. Um, but this game ended up ending 8-1, to one. He he got one stash, I believe. Um, but honestly, near like turn three, 
four-ish at that point. All he had left was was a Skeeter and Zip, and the Skeeter was about ready to die anyways. So we ended up kind of calling it at that point. But, uh, no, it was it was a really fun time, and honestly, I'm looking forward to him and his uh, his sons getting out and joining us for some tournaments on Grand Rapids. And it was nice to find some uh, new people in the area that you play in a lot when you're going to the cons. Yeah, it, honestly, the fact that there was, like, at least three or four extra people just, like, in our general area that we didn't even know about. They'd just been playing with each other at their house. Um, it was kind of cool to see. And, like, the fact that they came out and did that was awesome. So hopefully they, they join us more more regularly for, for our events and... Um, I'd love to see them, you know, grow as players and really, you know, become part of the overall meta. But yeah, that was uh, that was my first game. Um, second, my second game. Thank you, um, Trisha. How did your your second game go? Yeah, so my second game was against Andre. Uh, he won six to three. I played Pandora two, and he played uh, Maxine one. Um, that was a rough game. It wasn't a bad game. Like, it was a good game, but it was rough. Um, I took Hidden Martyrs with the Poltergeist and Candy, and then um, Leave Your Mark. Um, and there was just, in the middle of the board, a decent chunk of Concealing Terrain combined with the Machinist's aura of You Ignore Auras, and that really just shut down everything that Pandora wanted to do. Who would have guessed Pandora likes auras? Um, So it was just rough. And then um, I got one guard the stash, and then um, one leave your mark, and then at the end of the game, I was just so like, what the fuck is even happening, that I um, (laughs) forgot to say that I got my hidden martyrs until I realized it at the very end of the game, and he was just like, no, you got the point, you just, it's fine. Um... And we have uh, one of our local guys who plays Maxine, and I've never seen Maxine played the way Andre plays Maxine. So yeah, honestly, the the way he was doing things and drawing cards was quite mesmerizing. Yeah. Um, it was it was an early morning, but he was he was definitely doing things with it that I was like, okay, that's 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 interesting. I'll have yeah. to like relook at these cards. Well, and going into the game, I knew that the stab lion was going to do stab lion things and that the machinist needed to die and neither one of them went down at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was definitely tough in my, my game even, but I understand what you, what you mean entirely. I've been saying since explorers came out, that people have been sleeping on Maxine because Nexus and Ivan existed. I think people are maybe because Andre's crushing with her, but realizing how good of a master she actually is. And I think by the end of the game, I had Pandora and an aversion at the end of turn four. Um, I don't remember which one of them survived to turn five. Um, but no, like overall, it was a it was a fun game, but it was a very thinky game. Oh yeah, actually, um, that that reminded me. In in the middle of my game with him that morning, my smartwatch went off and said, "Hey, you've been working out for fifteen minutes." I assure you, I have not. That's <laughs> like no, I've just I've just been sweating really hard because I've been thinking really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, how about you? Uh, so, yeah, I, I played Damien again. Uh, I played against Jordan, 
I don't remember his last name, but he's another Texas player. And he was playing Sonya, which, if you know anything about Damien's character, that's a really fluffy matchup. So it was pretty... Jordan Woodfin. That sounds right. Sure. Um, he's a great dude, great player. Um, I ended up winning 5-3. to three. Turn, It was one of those games where turn 2, I thought the game was over, because Sonya just literally lit my ass on fire. Um, I was playing Damien 2. I was thinking the condition removal would help, as well as just having some, some range to go back against Sonya. Uh, which I think ended up being the right choice. On turn three, Damien started flipping hot and managed to kill three models in an activation. Whew. One of which was his... Uh, turn two, he ran his totem in for Hidden Martyrs right next to Damien. And I said, alright, you're gonna die now. So, like, double blast, double injured on a whole group of models. The totem blew up and killed his own models. And again, it's guard the stash, so losing that many bodies that fast is really hard to come back from on a strategy where you just need bodies on the board. So it, it just kind of snowballed from there, and it was a bloody game, but I just won on points by the end of it. Um, he did end up killing Ledger, who was supposed to... He was my hidden martyr after my other dabbler died. So he denied a point from hidden, and Ledger was supposed to false claim in the middle of the board for... Uh, leave your mark. So, had Ledger not died, it should have been like a 7-3 win, but 5-3 got me back positive for the day. Uh, Damien and Lohith both became thralls from Sonya's, you know, Scorch the Soul summoning, which oh boy, I felt some kind of way about. So he, he played Sonya. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. He played Sonya 1, which Interesting. I was not anticipating. Um, she's a pretty good, pretty good match against Damien, I think, because... Damien 2 specifically has such short such short ranges on everything. He's mostly range 4, and then using Refraction to cast through his models. You get like 2 or 3 burning on him, and suddenly he has no range whatsoever. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good call there. Um, I, I don't know that's why he played Sonya 1, but like for example, Damien has a... It's the Justice thing. It's a 4-inch pulse or remove all conditions. He said, cool, my whole crew's on fire. I'm going to do that. Shit, I have a zero-inch pulse right now because I have four burning on me. Oh. So, he he made some good puzzles for me to solve that game. Did you have anyone try and reduce the burning on him so he could pulse it out? Or was it well, just not an option at that time? I forgot it until I was already partway through my activation with him. I should have had a Soulstone Gammon or something go over in his system. But my plan was just refract through Lohith so the pulse hits Damien, even though he's the one casting it, wipe all my burning off and go about my business. Once I activated him and started doing things, that's when I remembered, oh, I have a zero-inch range on this, not four. It's too late. I guess I'm going to see it through. Can't you, uh, can't you also use refraction to draw line of sight through him from range to assist him at range? Uh, yeah, you can do that. It didn't occur to me at the time that would have actually been a really good way to fix the problem I was having, but that's, though, that's about though, a week too late now. Too late now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wouldn't uh, though? I guess I'm. See, now you got me thinking about that, that that interaction though. So having fire on Damien himself wouldn't that also reduce the range on refraction? Uh, I don't know Sonia that well off the top of my head. Does it reduce abilities as or front of card abilities as well as actions? 
I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's been such a long time since I looked. At no one ever plays one, her. One's card. It's only yeah, it's only I, actions. So yeah, your your auras stay the same. Okay. So cool. yeah, yeah. Then pro tip: if you're playing Damien two, you can assist him from eight inches away. That's pretty hot. That is pretty pretty awesome, actually. Uh, Tim, how'd your game go? Uh, so round two, I played John. I'm gonna pronounce his last name wrong. Goldburn. Goldborn? Yeah. Uh, I played yep. him and Adepticon as well. And so, good opponent. He ran Yonlo 2 into Levy 1. Uh, bans, I think he banned Frycor. I banned um, Key and Gong. Don't know why. Just did. Charm orders. Yeah, I guess that's true. I was honestly thinking the last time I played 10 Thunders and the ban actually mattered. I should have banned Key and Gong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Yan Lo runs so in keyword anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly, like hindsight, ban Monk, super healer. Yeah, honestly, like like that. That's always been a, a big point that I've made about Yan Lo is when in referencing a band's format, he's so in keyword that yeah. it it's almost it, doesn't affect him at all. It throws all. me off too because like I play Scott all the time. I play the guys in the indie meta all the time. Most of us like maybe one out of keyword pick everyone's like staying in keyword all the time so right. it's like man like i don't know what what do you usually take <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. my secret sauce is this uh <laughs> i won five to one that game and then yep so the big thing was i think it was round two maybe he had monos like in the center levy was engaged with monos or monos was engaging levy so I was at the two-inch mark, so I'd have to walk and get in there. I only had, like, four health left. And he chose to activate Yan Lo instead of Monos first. Obeyed the... He obeyed Fuhatsu to shoot in there. He obeyed the Komainu to Breath of Fire. And he obeyed Monos to hit Levy. And only brought me down to, like, one health. So, immediately I activate Levy. I disengage. I'm able to move... Three inches out, walk, shoot, kill an Ashigaru, do my bonus action. Oh, look, here's a week. I discard it. Ah, I took one damage and die and teleport over here and heal six. That's not so bad. <laughs> so, so dirty yeah, levy dirty tricks. Le- dirty levy. I mean, if anyone that knows me or has played me, that's my favorite master. I'll run levy into anything. Um, with levy and rusty, I was. He was losing a model a turn, at least. So he finished. I think. I mean, that's that's yeah. what they do. That's their whole game plan. Yeah, he he finished with. I think he had the one leave your mark point. Uh, he didn't get any of the guards because it was well, it was wedge guard, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Servant of darker powers on levy. So I started him right up there. Turn one, I got rid of one Ashigaru. Uh, he killed. A scavenger and a, a hollow, and he killed ashes. But then I just summoned a dust storm and killed his low river monk. But yeah, it was. So who did he take to uh, bring Yan Lo around the? Komaino, uh, uh, dog walker. Okay, but yeah, dog taking the old man for a walk. I mean, irreducible damage on the dog though. And then I hit him with the gun that ignores yeah. hard to kill or anything. So it's like ah no. Nah. L- Levy is probably uniquely well-equipped to deal with Kamainu. 
there's not much in the game that's going to make shorter work of them. Uh, yeah, honestly, like in my experience, like dropping Yan Lo into Outcast is a questionable decision. I feel specifically Yan Lo too, just because I feel like Outcasts are, are particularly well equipped to deal with his his specific brand of yeah. bullshittery. Um, between the irreducible damage and situations like that, between Terra being able to bury bury the dogs, kill the dogs, and there there goes his reliquary permanently. Like I feel like they have I've got a lot of armor ignore. Yeah, they they are very much uniquely equipped to with, deal with his bullshit. Yeah, I uh, I really like. He did take Fuhatsu, which I was like, I don't know about that one. And he took he took a ton of shots with Fuhatsu, but. The only model of his, I think, that made it past the center line, Monos made it past the turn that Monos died, and Yanlo ended at the center line to give him a point for leave your mark. So, okay. Irreducible against him. I, I really like the um, 33 burying the dog and get rid of the upgrade. That's my favorite trick to do against it. But yep. Yeah, it was it was a fun round two. It was. It was better than the round two I played against Scott. I'll say that. Scott, are you bullying him? I just know what Tim plays, and I can uh, have this unique ability to make his rusty Alice do nothing all well, game. I, yeah, we went, in our Gen Con practice, I think me and Scott went 1-1-1. One, one, and one, so. That's the nice thing about big tournaments. People don't know your particular brand of bullshit yet. They gotta gotta deal with it in Except real time. Except I only play people I know at big tournaments. <laughs> That's true. Not, not this one. And you've still never played me, Carol. True. true. We got hey, we got ten games at Adept- at uh, Nova. We'll get it. Yeah, I swear to God, if we don't manage to play each other in ten rounds in a weekend. All right, how many rounds do you think we'll play? Oh, we're Nova, we're though? playing at least three for some reason. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, round three, uh, Zach, how'd your uh, game go? So my last game was uh, against a gentleman named Joseph Deheve, um from... He's from. I think he's from Chicago. Yeah, area. I think he's Chicago. Okay, yeah. Very cool guy. Um, he, he somewhat reminds me on an energy level, uh, a local friend of, of the podcast, uh, buddy uh, Derek Skies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They they both play explorers. They're both very energetic, um, and they both at- apparently have terrible luck when they play Cooper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I played again Von Stuck two into his Cooper one. Um, I banned Seeker again because I expected Cooper two, so I wanted to get rid of the damned as a choice. Um, he he banned Ancestor Retainer because that's just what people do when you play Von Stuck, apparently. Um, so the last round was Flank um, Covert Operations. I was the attacker, so I actually put him in a horrible corner that was almost entirely like sectioned off from the rest of the board with like a small little way through the middle and then two little alleyways out of the corners. So his entire unpack was all sorts of screwed up because he was stuck in this box with a with a clock tower in the middle of it, basically. Um, so the game started off. I did my my usual setup, and he ran Vernon and Wells down the right half of the board, 
to go try and set up his first point in that corner. Um, in response, I launched a Viscera in that area and managed to kill the Viscera turn one. Not kill the Viscera, kill Vernon, rather, turn one with the Viscera, which uh, surprised both of us. I don't think either of us expected that thing to die. Um, he then responded by throwing the Rex directly at the Viscera and uh, beat him up quite a bit. Um, turn turn two with that game, I just sort of ran away with the Viscera, which surprised the crap out of him. Um, but at that point, um, his, his luck really kind of started to fall apart. Admittedly, there, there was a lot of flips that he had that were hilariously bad. And honestly, the game very much devolved into just like us sort of like laughing at how poor some of the flips were that he was having. Um, I'm pretty sure Cooper Black Joker down damage like twice. Um, <laughs> he he did he did Red Joker damage on on Val one time at least, but um, no, I I disengaged the Viscera and just charged it directly into Cooper, which also ended up getting Val up in up in his face like immediately afterwards. So between the Viscera and Val punching on him and the dogs, they didn't really last all that long um the real the real turning point in the game though um ironically came down to initiative there and just that that poor luck kind of playing out where um where cooper was down on health he was he was he was real bad and he just needed to win initiative to try and pull him out and try and get some shots in and he flips a 13 on initiative and then i flip the red and that was basically all she wrote, because, I mean, Val then went and punched Cooper to death and then shoved aside and punched the dog to death, and we just sort of, we just laughed the entire time about how ridiculous everything was there, honestly. It, um, it was another game that we ended up calling a bit early. Um, score ended up being 8-2 to two at the end, but, uh, honestly, it was, it was, he was a great opponent. He was, he was super fun, uh, he joked, saying that I'm going to go on here and shit talk him, but I, I wouldn't do that. He was he was great to play against, and I'd love to play with him again. Hopefully, hopefully we can burn the deck he was using, and he can use something else. Because, good lord, it was it was on a whole whole ass different level. Yeah, that's that's a great game when your opponent can laugh at their own bad flipping. You know, uh, that's uh, always a good thing to see in an opponent. I legitimately felt terrible because it kept on happening to him. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it was all all on my play. I mean, he took a lot of shots into concealment, which really kind of screwed with him. Because like his first two shots with Cooper was into my viscera through concealment. He hit minimum damage each time. So through the armor and shield that I had, he did only nothing. did two damage. He did two damage, and then I had Grave Spirits touch on it, so I regended immediately. So it was basically a wasted activation out of Cooper. And yeah, um. Cooper, Cooper missed most of his shots. He he only got above minimum damage one time. It was when he when he red jokered Val for eight fucking damage. <laughs> but honestly, like Val always gets hit for red joker damage, so it was entirely expected. <laughs> um, but no, the dude dude's great. He he was he was awesome to play with. He uh, he offered me a beer afterwards. I don't drink alcohol, so I had to turn him down. But. It was a great gesture, and um, I'm hoping to play with him again soon. Awesome. Sounds like a great game. And Trisha, how'd your third round go? 
So, uh, my third round, I played against Joel. He played Hoffman 2, I played Dreamer 2, and we did a 6-6 tie. Um, and I'm very mad at myself about that, because I forgot one lucid dream, and that would have gotten me a point. <laughs> um, at the very, at the last turn, we had like 15 minutes left, so I was just trying to get through all my lucid dream activations quickly so I could pop dreamer out where I needed him to go and get a point and I forgot to lucid dream with chompy and I'm still mad about it uh, <laughs> but um, no I took sabotage and breakthrough and the sabotage was in his deployment zone so just had to drop a fuck ton of markers in his deployment zone and I will credit Scott for the list I took with three Insidious, so it was more than doable. Insidious is for the win. Um, I think my favorite part about that whole game was I had a daydream kill a five-wound peacekeeper with a red joker on like a double or triple <laughs> negative flip. Nice. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Nothing like a three-stone shitbag summon. Insignificant. To just nuke. Insignificant summon to nuke. Like a 10 to 12 stone centerpiece of the crew. Okay, he wasn't a summon. This was Dreamer yeah, 2. Get it right. right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, min 1 damage. She had to pay for two it. Centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think he just really wasn't expecting it because there's already like very many negatives. And I ignore armor and incorporal, so against Hoffman, that's... Five damage is, is five damage. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, any any time I'm getting hit for like quad negatives or whatever, where it's like all the cards. Like, okay, so here comes the red Joker. Like you sh you should expect it. Honestly. Right, but I think it's more the it does min one. The severe is not going to be that bad. Right. Right. Um. So that was that was a fun game. Um. I don't remember what I banned, because what do you ban in Hoffman? Performer. Which, okay. I, I meant to find him after the game, because every time I've seen him play, I've never played against him, but he always seems to bring a showgirl into Hoffman, and I really want to know why. Because he's done it at least twice that I've seen, so there's got to be a reason for it, and I just haven't figured out what it is. Maybe he just likes his waifus on the board. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, you generally you ban performer because Corafi yeah. duet with Hoffman one can be, a, yeah, absolutely. That's nightmare. a fair point. I think I'm just used to playing against your Hoffman where it's keyword and versatile. Yeah. So I was I don't remember what I banned, and then he banned Woe. Which is the right answer. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want candy coming in there. Hey, don't be knocking candy. I'm not knocking candy. I'm complimenting her. <laughs> She's just a small child. What could she ever do? Candy is the devil, and you know yes. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for that round. It, I'm still mad that I forgot to lucid dream. but. So overall, you went 1-1-1? Uh, one, one one? Yeah. What was your, your final standing? I was 16th. Out of 28 players, I believe. Yeah, yep, out of 28. So just shy of above half. Nice. It was enough to get her the final spot for our conference for Nova. Ooh. So she doesn't have to hope someone else doesn't show up. But that does mean I have to play 10 rounds of Malifaux. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's gonna that be you're a saying that that's like a bad thing. You're excited for it. 
Yes. This is gonna be Nerdvana. After we get we nine get to hours play ten rounds of Malifor in four days, and have to room with Scott and Tim, so it's gonna be a weekend. So I don't even I don't even understand why you you have to play so much Malifaux. So can you quickly before we move on to Cole's game explain why you have to play so much Malifaux? So, so there's the Invitationals, which is five rounds Friday and Saturday, and then Thursday Friday, or Thursday Friday, and then there's the like kickoff to the next season of tournaments Saturday Sunday, which is also a five round tournament. You see, I feel like it'd be. Well, I, I never mind. I guess it makes sense, but like I feel like it's almost weird going from like here's the big ending tournament, and then it's like okay, now let's do another one. I think it's because you're all already there. You might as well play some more games. Um, I'm definitely not taking the second one seriously because the way out of conference scoring works right now, there's not a yeah. lot of incentive other than doing well at a tournament for the sake of doing well. Yeah, we got to go do a lot of out right. of conference tournaments, but like Gen Con, Adepticon. Michigan runs tournaments, Toledo's runs tournaments, Indy runs tournaments. Like Great Lakes has a lot of tournaments. We don't have to go out of conference ever. No. Right. We we, we get them yeah. with that quantity. Yeah. But also, it's, I think it's be fun to play. We'll be playing a lot of people we've never played before. Maybe you. Um, and also gives people who <laughs> who aren't in the Invitational that will also get a chance to play in a Malifaux tournament there, too. Right. Because, yeah, that's what I was originally going to do when it was when it didn't look like I was going to be in the Invitational. I was just going to um, play in the kickoff one because I was going anyway, so. Well, with that said, we can move on to Cole's final game. So I had a hell of a third game, all one turn of it. Um, <laughs> so I played Carlo, my third Texan of the day. I played... Damien one or aspirant. Uh, he played Levy, who I've never played against. Maybe like one time in second edition, but I've never played against him in third. Um, but one fun thing about Witness is Lohith is our our faction's first real answer to demise with Lantern of Souls on Lohith. Congratulations! Yeah, about time. Uh... Um, so I was one and one for the day. I knew there were. Tim and I were sitting doing the math. There were at least six people who were undefeated. I was like, I'm not podiuming no matter how well this game goes. So let's just have some fun with this. I wanted to see what would happen if I just fucking full send Lohith across the board and just eat Levy. Because he can't pop to his wave if he's within five of Lohith. And again, I never played against Levy. When I'm playing against new things, my solution, since I'm a Karis main, is just kill it with fire. I don't have to learn what it does if it's dead. Uh, so that's exactly what I did. I dirtled around with my models to get the configuration to cycle through my hand. I used Marco and Bella and Memories of the Yellow Crypt to just push Loeth and Damien as far up the board as I could. Use Loeth's uh, teleport on his gun to jump to uh, Levy, punch him a little bit. Damien went and in a series of card flips like I've never seen, just leveled him. I'd put three crows in my configuration, so I'd built in Drain Magic. So despite being down a stat on Levy's willpower, just hit three in a row, I think moderate twice, and draining one of his cards each turn, I think he threw away two or three severes out of his hand. And then his bonus... Now that after that, when Levy's at injured three, my bonus action to do three irreducible... 
got Levy down to one wound by the top of turn by the bottom of turn one, next to Loeth, which is not really what Levy wants. I think Tim would probably <laughs> confirm that. Yeah, that's um, bad place. So then Levy goes. His plan is to kill Loeth, which is not hard to do for Levy, and just couldn't flip above like an eight to save his life. Oh my god! He did his what is it, sanguine something rather yeah, to location. sanguine evil. Yeah, that one. Uh, the cards he looked at were like a one, one, and a two, or something like that. Oh, and he couldn't get rid of them. Like he's because he'd, he'd be on one wound, he couldn't discard them. <laughs> so he's like, I know I'm gonna fail every flip, but like I I gotta flip. Um, so I think he like spent focus just to get two ones out of the way, and then hoped to hit me enough to. Like, I think he heals when he kills something. Yeah. Um, he did hit me. He probably brought Servant of Darker Powers, well, so yeah, yeah, he gets the whole, like, yeah, heal, he would, extra yeah. heal. He'll, like, heal yeah. four yeah, he, when he yeah. kills something. He would have killed Loeth, maybe turned him into an A-bomb, and healed four. So now I don't have Lantern of Souls. Levy has a full activation to do something else. Like, that would have changed the game completely. He did hit Loeth, and then Black Jokered the damage. Oh, <laughs> so, no. like, you want to talk about salt in the wound. Oh. Oh no! Talk about fate yes. saying no. Yep. So then we go on to turn two. I flip a thirteen plus a pass token for initiative. Oh. I have the red Joker in my hand, so Damien just goes and three irreducible to kill Levy, and we didn't even we didn't play an activation after that. The game oh, was over. No. Bro. So he was okay, a, he so... was a great dude. He was a good opponent. He was understandably a little tilted about what happened. And we, I mean, we broke the game down quite a bit afterwards. He didn't do anything wrong. I was just flipping like an absolute god, and he had weeks. There, I mean, there was nothing he could do, and I just leveled his master. It was pretty important to his overall game plan. Okay, so uh, was this on standard deployment? It was flank. Flank? Okay. So how far would you say you moved Lohith up the board before he shot and teleported? Uh, Marco pushes four. Bella pushed six and made him take a walk action. So that's, what, 15? And then I might have nudged him with a memory, so 15, 17 inches. And then he has okay, an 8-inch so, gun with a teleport on it. So basically, even like in standard, you could have done that. Yeah, I could have got there. Did, now, was Levy out of his deployment zone? Did he use nope. like Servant of Dark Power to move him six inches? Or no, was he... he was maybe an inch back in flank, like pretty standard. Okay. Um, that being said, like given how this went, obviously that worked well. I don't know that I'd do it again, because if I didn't flip like that, all that would have happened was I would have lost Loeth. Levy would be almost healed back up with the emissary next to him to heal him up. Like, I think if Levy hadn't flipped like absolute dog shit, I'd have lost the game, or I'd at least lost Loeth, who was kind of a big deal. But I didn't really, I didn't really care. I wanted to see what would happen. Good to know. Watch yeah. out for that low hit uh, alpha die. Yeah, he can he can get a move on for a big boy, and if you care about your demise, that's going to be a problem for you. I care. I mean, he seems like he'd be pretty good for for an alpha like that, just because he can set himself set himself up and almost guarantee himself getting that severe six, assuming yep. you have the card in hand. Like the consistency there cannot be understated. Yeah, I mean he's he's dangerous. But he's not so dangerous that I would generally throw him into an unactivated levy and hope that that goes my way. No, absolutely not. No, Le- levy has all the tools necessary to to wipe him off the board. Yeah, Loeth survives based on soul stones and armor, both of which levy just could not give less of a shit about. Gross. So yeah, we we talked through it. We 
I offered to, we could just re-rack the game or I'd play a different crew. He, like I said, understandably was a little salty, so we just called it a day and he got to go watch, uh, I think, Andre and Tim's game. Yeah. What a what a great segue. <laughs> yeah. So, round, so, yeah, Tim, talk about your round game. three, I played Andre. Uh so all th- like like th- three of the four of us yep. played against him. That's yep. interesting. Yeah, I think Cole's the only one who didn't. And I played against exclusively Texas players. So, but Andre was one of the only ones I didn't get. It feels like. Yeah. Um, I think like Cole said, there were six of us going in at two and zero. Oh, so I knew I'd be playing like Doug or Andre. I think like Landon and Rob's game was like guaranteed because of their diff. Um, I played. He played Maxine one. I banned Seeker. I played Levy one and he banned Bandit for Mad Dog. Uh, actually, he directly banded uh, banned Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've played Maxine one other time, and it was Maxine two, which does different stuff significantly. Yeah, I was, so I was like, okay, there's a ton of healing and everything. So I, I, Levy will just ignore that and destroy it. Maxine one has a ton of card manipulation. Yeah, like the, just the way he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna flip the severe. All right, I'm gonna pick it up and play it again." I'm like, oh, "I don't know what happened, but okay." Uh, yeah, there, there, there's uh, a lot of that in my great game too. opponent. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he was a great opponent, and he just like he explained everything that was happening. I was like, "Okay, that makes sense. It's on your card. I don't think you're cheating or anything like that." But like, I'd never seen Maxine one. He took the time, explained what was happening, and everything. I had never seen the machinist, which stops my withering away and my entropy. Sure and, does. <laughs> and like round one, I did destroy his emissary, so felt good after round one. And then like Kia came up, I think I got her down to like maybe two health, and I was like, "All right, cool. Next turn, I'm just gonna end her." And then like he wins initiative, machinist comes up heals her up and I was like oh you can't heal withering away it's like no I ignore that I was like why <laughs> yeah, yeah the, sa- the same thing the same thing happened in my game with him where he yeah. ran up and healed healed the line I'm like oh you can't do that I got I got hostile work environment he's like I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah I think at one point in my game I was just saying my abilities and he's like and he was just like no I have this and I was like I know you do but I'm remembering my abilities I'm remembering damn everything it. I can't do right now <laughs> I I think it was after Trisha's game I talked with Andre for a minute and I think we both agreed Machinist might be the most impactful five stone model yeah, in the game. I, so yeah. There were like there are so many things that are auras that you care about and you don't realize how much you care about them until they're not there. Yeah, when when that happened I'm like that's that little son yeah. of a bitch. I'm like if I if I had just known it would have been dead. <laughs> Well, and then there was my game where I did know I had warning I still could not do anything about it I had no clue and I was like oh he launched a lion at me I was like cool irreducible I'm just it's dead now now it's gone then he launched Kia up I was like oh yeah now she's gonna be gone too and then he's like nah you can't touch her I was like oh crap but it ended at 2-6 I believe and there was one play it, we were doing a covert operations i picked ashes he was on the far bottom corner he took the tide collar and tossed me so i wouldn't be within two i was like oh i have one health left if i hit anything it'll do damage 
and I'll die. I'll replace with my toad, my, uh, the core, and I'll still be able to claim it. I only had an eight in hand, and I flipped a nine, so I couldn't even cheat down to kill myself. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Great. Um, I also didn't know the tide caller has a bonus action throw. That's nice. So it's like triple throwing stuff. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really fun game. I liked. I think I have some ideas of what I need to do into Maxine now, if it's Maxine one. But I think generally you're gonna see more Maxine two, but you absolutely should not be sleeping on Maxine one. That card draw is just oh, so powerful. Crazy. Well, listening to your games, it doesn't even sound like Maxine's the master's machine. No, it's it's the five the stone minion. <laughs> so <laughs> the machinist is like the ultimate. Like, hey, all those auras you guys wanted to play with, you're not. I also have a handful. What of What if everything. we just did it? <laughs> well, and then the other thing is Maxine one can't gain stunned. Yeah, that came up in my game too. Since you know, Transmortis loves handing out. Stunned. Oh, so does Pandora. I, just, I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will. I think I was able to successfully get stunned on uh, Calypso. I think. Nice. He did not take Calypso with me. You didn't take it with mine either. Well, mine. We were playing the. Oh, you're doing guard. Go stand, yeah, go stand by guard. the things on the other side of the yeah. board. We um. So. What was it? He did do. Oh, what's it called? Uh, Nagatoro for just obeying everything. More throws in there. And then it sounds like Zach, your game, he had one turn where he picked the right suit and that's all you flipped and had in hand. Did the same against me like turn two and I was like, ah, he picks tomes. My defensive trigger. Makes sense. And then it's like, I'm gonna flip a 12 of tomes. He's like, that's a one. I was like, alright, cool. I'm gonna flip this one. Oh, that's an 11 of tomes. That's a one. And then like my card in hand is like the 13 and 10 of tomes. I was like, I'm not cheating these because it's a waste. <laughs> yeah, like on, honestly, like that ability is like the epitome of like hot and cold. And my experience, as limited as it is with with Maxine one, was literally like the only other times I've seen her, it didn't work at all. And but in the game with him, it happened all the time. And I'm like, wow, that's incredibly frustrating I, when it like happens. There was one turn where it just devastated me. Like, I couldn't do any defense against him, and I couldn't get any in like any attacks off. And then, like, the other turns, maybe one flip. Maybe. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, in, in hindsight, like, going into my game, like, the way I played it, if I had gotten her, uh, if I had gotten Maxine down to the half health point, it would have tied the game. So like that that ability like single handedly kept it from being a tie, and him. Uh, <laughs> I took assassinate against her because I was like, okay, it's Maxine one. She doesn't have the amazing discard everything and heal a bunch. So I was like, okay, I can. I have irreducible. I can get her. And then like she's just like, I'm gonna teleport over here and then teleport back. And then I have all these severes and you can't do anything. I'm like, I can't catch you. So <laughs> she's a squirrely yeah, one. Yeah, that was. I need to practice against the more explorers. I haven't played them enough. So what was the what was uh, the final six score again? Yeah, six dropped my to disc two. down to All from, right. what eight to two or something like that. Six to two. Yeah. I Tim, I'm not so sure about you, but I know Cole and Trisha. Um, we were there last year for the Tyrant yeah. tournament. Um, yeah. 
what were your thoughts on the tournament overall this year in comparison to last year? Um, I like the uh, Doug Bowman brought in his terrain for, and I gave. I felt like the tables were a little bit more like there was more terrain on the tables. There wasn't as many big gun lines. Well, and there were more terrain yeah. types. Um, I felt like last um, year and like at Adepticon, it was the same terrain, and it's like okay, so this is blocking and impassable, and. You want to pretend like that is concealing? Sure, let's do that. <laughs> well, and one thing Doug does that I really like, and I'm going to try Pre- to copy it, it's not as easy. Um, next to every table, there's a laminated yes. sheet of paper with how the terrain is set up and how every piece of terrain is defined. That was nice. That was one of the, the best improvements yes. from last year. Like, like Because there, there, was, there was a bit of like issues with... like just terrain defilement conflicts oh, last year. Oh, you mean year. like our game last year where I was like, sure, we can make you so that size one can go under that and just completely fucked me out of points because I was tired. Hey, I mean, <laughs> you, you said I could. I know. <laughs> but it, it avoids things like you, you peep that your opponent is playing like Titania and all of a sudden that thing that you wanted to be severe originally, now you don't want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It it it's decided by someone else before you get there, and unless both you and your opponent want to change it, that's what it is. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I think and even one if of the best like things. no one's gonna be like, oh yeah, I totally made that terrain piece have that, so it wouldn't affect me. Like even right. you're, like it's written down. It's, <laughs> it's written down. You can't. But like, I know I've played games, and it's like there's like a river or something, and it's like, oh, is it like concealing too? I was like. Who are you? Like they're like I'm playing Ivan. Is that concealing? I was like, it's a river. It's not concealing. So it's like, okay, flip a coin. It could be. It could not. <laughs> but that coin flip, right. if you're playing against Ivan, that's yeah, a great that example. Is, that's that's a like it's beneficial one way change. or not. So it's like, ugh. yeah, yeah, um, right. Yeah. I really like the, yeah. And I, de- I definitely referenced those sheets a few times during the tournament. Yeah. Well, it also saves you on time at the beginning uh-huh. of the game instead of having to go through each piece of terrain and define it. You have the sheet right there. That saves you a little bit of time on uh, in your total gameplay. Uh, yep, absolutely. So I think like my next my next tournament, we're going to do that as well. Yeah, I think it's something a lot of us are probably going to try and take that and add it to the the standard repertoire of the tournaments because it it legitimately helps so much and it, it takes that conflict out because sometimes like when you got people from from all sorts of different places coming together yeah. for for a big tournament like that, it's it's not unreasonable to expect there to be some conflict yeah. over trying to make sure. Oh, the well, I play that. Is, this I play you know, that as this. beneficial as possible. Yeah, like like when I'm running a tournament in Toledo, we we use the same terrain we use every Tuesday night, so everyone pretty much plays it the same way. But it it's better just to have that decided by someone who has no horse in the race and. Yeah, that's isn't. Oh, I'm playing Ivan. I want as much concealing as I can get away with. Yeah, or Titania and Severe, anything like it. Or it's like, oh, hey, there's exactly. all these like little tiny blocking walls. Well, I'm running incorporeal, so it doesn't matter. But it's gonna slow you down a bunch. Um, I did feel like there were some timing issues with the tournament this year. Like, uh, what do you mean? So not um, like lunch. I was kind of unaware of lunch had started. They're like, hey, it's back at one. And I was like, oh, we started lunch. Okay, hold on. Uh, like, Yeah, there was yeah, a the, bit of that. The, the, the schedule didn't quite line up with what we had yeah. on the sheets. Yeah. 
And then there was like a big well, gap. Well, and I know once we got back the... from lunch until the next one started because I think they were still doing the painting contest, I believe. Yeah, that one. Yeah, um, Mattias brought in somebody else to judge the painting because it was too close for him to personally call. Right. Who won the painting contest? I didn't even hear. I can't remember. I don't remember. All right. Um, it wasn't but us. I, I was just going to say, this tournament was also a lot bigger than last year, and I definitely noticed I it. There was, like, what, eight more people? Six more people? Somewhere in there. I think it was about eight more, yeah. yeah. So we had an odd number last year. Yeah, because it was 28 total. Yeah. Didn't we, Cole? Are we sure? Yeah, I did not get a, a buy, Tim. For those playing along at home, I got the buy at Adepticon and at Gen Con last year. And I think maybe the Gen Con before that. <laughs> like I just, I just yeah. end up with round one buys. I think it was, round two, it was two Gen Cons. Yeah, round one at Adepticon. We were even on time for that one. Mm -hmm. I did tell him I was like, I'm not signing in until after you do this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so you guys being at the first big tournament with the GG3, any uh, takeaways uh, from the? Tournament on the new game grounds packet from what you guys played or talking to the other participants? So far, I really like it. I like that there's four new strategies and we don't have turf four back again. Um, yeah. It just makes the game feel a little more fresh because everyone's still figuring stuff out. Obviously, it's a pretty much a brand new GG and it'll it'll settle in better or worse, but it's nice to have new stuff. Um, some of the schemes I'm not quite so sold on. Like, I wish Vendetta would just go away. I hate that scheme I don't. personally. I like it. And, and that's like some people really love it, so I don't. I'm not gonna argue that one too hard. Um, like say so, yeah, with young Nephilim, Vendetta's very easy. Uh, and like secret meetup, for example, I don't think I'm gonna take that strat that scheme very often. But some people seem to love it and happen to score so, points on it. So let me tell you the secret tech for secret meetup: Terra Two. <laughs> All right, on, yeah. I'm not done yet. <laughs> so that, that's the end of that. It's the end of that sentence, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what you do, you take a Void Hunter, you pick some terrain piece off like no one's going to go over there. You walk the Void Hunter over there and interact. So there's a scheme marker sitting there, like round one. Round two, you bury whatever your target is after they activate with 33, and hopefully they have a willpower five or less. Void Hunter has Existential Bite, which is a stat five, and it unburies the target in base contact with them. Yeah, there's a lot of steps there. Uh, and if you're playing like a Terra or a Colette or some other crazy movement shenanigans, sure, it's a great scheme for you. It's like bait and switch last season. There's five crews in the game that are amazing at it, and everyone else ignores it. Um, but yeah, I I like GG3 so far. I think I think it's a good change, and I'm I'm hoping it'll settle well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it myself. Um, I, I still haven't played Push the Plow yet. Um, I've played everything else two or three times in, in quick preparation for this and actually playing at the tournament. Um, I, I still already know that uh, Cursed Objects is going to be my least favorite just because the, the, the quote-unquote kill strat where killing is your primary source of points always ends up turning into super cagey nonsense once you get to a certain level of play Yeah, that I personally while I understand it and I know it's the way to do things it's never the most engaging and fun way to play a game it, there's a lot of that in Guild Ball and there's a lot of that in the kill strats here um, 
With that said, the other ones I'm enjoying quite a bit. I love how the deployments completely and totally change how they play, yeah. so it feels like we have yeah, two extra is, cool. whole strategies. Really is six, awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I, and I really hope that that's something in the future they try and do more of, is make it so the deployment changes up how, how the positioning on the board will be. Will be and I, I absolutely love how that is. Um the only th- I'm right there with you. Go so ahead. The only thing Sorry. I don't like about any of the strats so far is that crews who their whole selling point is don't mind me yeah. really kind of got shafted. Because two of them don't care about interacts at all, and two of them you can interact while engaged. It's still good for schemes, but the Colettes of the world are really not getting what they were promised so, for that one. thinking with that, the only way I see that that's helping, like... Uh, what is it? The carve the path, right? If they push it, yeah. If they're gonna, <laughs> if they're gonna push it and then like walk up and push it again, if you engage them, they can't. If they disengage, they can't interact to push it again. But if you have, don't mind me, you can at least disengage and interact. But it hurt. It, that's that's it true. It hurts them a lot because break the line. If you engage me, I couldn't have interacted. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess disengaging and interacting is still good. So you got me there. But that's a few and far between case. Right. Uh, yeah, it's for, from my perspective. I wasn't at Gen Con, obviously, but my perspective, I I think I'm gonna like or not like curse objects as much. Being a Neverborn player, I'm, my big thing is I'm going to be worried about facing a lot of gun lines against this. Yep. And uh, Neverborn tend to not fare too well against gun lines until we get into the scrum, and then hopefully just survived enough to uh, turn the tide. Yep. Mages have to be incredibly um, aggressive in those situations and force the melee as soon as possible. Yep. Some some uh, Nekama 1 yeah, may I, be in order for that one. I think it's been said for other GGs, but this one, like for the strategies at least, like movement tricks are king. 100%. Offensive movement yep. tricks uh, yeah. especially with Covert <laughs> and Guard the Stash. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brewmaster 2 is going to be an absolute It's going to be disgusting. I need to get, like, a Roman to get me some practice games in with him or something. Yep. Just bring Pandora. So, I did finally play Push the Plow, Carve the Path on Tuesday. And one thing to watch out for is, uh, like you had mentioned, Zach, interacting with Damien through Damien. The way the rules read, as far as we can tell, is Rasputina, Sandy, Damien, Zoraida can all... Titania. Titania can all interact through their arc nodes to push the plow. That's awesome. Um, I tried it playing Rasputina on Tuesday, and man, the action efficiency to not have to walk over there, just throwing an ice pillar next to it and then interacting, is pretty hot. Or having an Autumn Knight and Tutania be able to do interactions and auras through that. Nice. Yeah, so like, just, just thinking on stuff like that, you could, like with, with Bella in Witness, you could... Um, you you can straight up obey somebody to like move them up to them and then interact through them to push it, or um, like obey somebody to push it towards one of your your yeah, uh, other models. How's the, how's the soul models and then then interact through them to yep. push it again? Like yep. like there there's some there's some janky janky stuff. I mean I mean hell, one of the neat things with that is defensively speaking. If you get into a big old fight around your opponent's markers, from range, you can then just 
interact into the bubble and shove those yep. out so that the people that are in there can focus on punching rather than pushing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something to be aware of is ranged interacts are a thing. Because most of the other GGs, all the interacts have been in base contact, not within X range or X inches. So Yeah. It's... So any, anything else to wrap up about uh, the Gen Con tournament-wise or anything else you guys may have uh, done? No, uh, the only other thing about Gen Con as a whole, not the tournament, Weird really pulled out all the stops to seem this year doing some fun events. So on Thursday, I ran the random double rush tournament, that looked, which that was just fun. an absolute. It was an absolute blast of a format to watch, and I got to play in one of the rounds because one guy had to go to another event. But the the quick and dirty on that one is it's double rush, so it's team tournament, basically ten stones per person. But instead of picking your teammate and moving through your different matchups, the crews stay at the table, and you get a a new crew and a new partner every round. So you're forced to learn new crews on the fly, and the preset crews that were... uh, They basically took the title boxes, and that was your your half of the table. Um, They did the the Steam-Powered Scoundrels Casino Bonanza Brawl that looked just like an absolute blast. They did a 32-person vagrant song scenario where the tables had to interact with each other. Like they just they went all out on making fun events that weren't just the Tyrant tournament, which was really cool to see. I wish I could have played in more of them. Honestly, the vagrant song thing sounded super fun, and I wish I could have gotten in on that. Cole, that's the problem with working the booth. You miss out on all. That, that is like as as much as I love working the booth and hanging out with the weird guys. Yeah. It does mean. I've got time for the big tournament, and that's about that's, it. So. That's what I did last year. And I think this year we barely had any time to even just shop. But. See, like that was that was actually what I was going to ask next, is if you guys saw anything non-weird related um, at the con that you thought was pretty cool. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Like It's Gen Con. Yeah. There's always something cool. You can make a whole podcast just on that. Did you guys end up picking anything up? Um, we got... A game called Cryptid Cafe. You have to serve. You, ha- you have to serve cryptids. Fun themed cafe food. It's like it's like a, a worker placement. You know, tip the chef the chef kraken to get your food faster and give it to the cryptids before they walk out and take their tip with them. Looks like a fun little gateway game for our friends that don't really play crunchy stuff. Right. I, uh, I I played a couple deck builders because I enjoy those, um, but I stopped and I demoed a game called Nexus. It's a arena combat game, huh. um, fully fully painted models and everything come with it. Um, but in between rounds, depending on how like initiative rolls go, like like floor spikes pop up in Hell random yeah. spots, and 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 buzz saws will come up and shoot across the table. Um, so unfortunately, during my demo, uh, one of my friends had to leave for another thing. One of the creators of the game poked in, immediately took over, picked my dude up, threw him into a, into a spike pit in the corner. And so how the rule with that worked was you had to roll a dice for a direction to get off of it. But I kept rolling into the wall, <laughs> so I kept bouncing off the wall and chunking myself for damage over and over again until I died. So... Nice. That ended my demo really quickly, but it was really, really cool. I was, I was bummed, but I, not because he pissed me off. But I just wanted to keep playing. 
I think the other one we looked at, uh, what was the name of that Ashton. Yeah. Oh, Ashton's awesome. I actually, we have that at the house here, and, and that, that one is fantastic. They sold out, so we, we bought a copy there that they're going to ship us this week. I'm excited to play it. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, another one to check out if you if you guys ever get a chance is uh, the Night Cage. I think I've um, heard that one. Yeah, you you play as people like crawling around in tunnels in the dark with it's it's awesome. Hard to explain. Not enough time. Malfo podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> okay, so any anything else? Any last thoughts before we uh, end this? No. 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 We're all good. No. I think so. Okay, well, uh, Zach, do you have the stop recording button? Because I don't have that on my screen. Great way to end a podcast. No, I'm going to. It's okay. We'll cut it out in post. <laughs> That's how you end it, yes, right? Yeah. Well, but if we don't stop the recording, it's not going to send all the information to James. Yeah. So. I guess we just leave this up until he closes it out. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I messaged him, so he'll, he'll pop back in here and he'll, he'll do right. it. I like the idea of there just being like an hour and a half extra of just dead, dead sound. Everyone's background noise, <laughs> what they're doing in their house. James walks by and accidentally farts into his nice. microphone. It's muted. It's muted. We're good.